Hey everybody, St. Paul here. I'm not even gonna mess around one bit. I can't wait to get right into this interview. Episode 54, Eric Gales is next. Before we get started here, do me a favor. Wherever you got this podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you have time and like what you're hearing, make sure you write a review. It really helps us get the word out so we can have a lot more people coming to the party. Hey, everybody. I'm St. Paul Peterson. Prince gave me that nickname, and I've been lucky enough to tour with people like the Steve Miller Band, Kenny Loggins, Peter Frampton, Donny Osmond, to name a few. And when I'm not playing music, I love to run. And this is a podcast about how we stay healthy on the road, physically, mentally, and with our families. Welcome to Music on the Run. Hey everybody, St. Paul here. Welcome to episode 54 of Music on the Run. Uh, Man, I've been looking forward to this interview for a little while now couple of things before we get right into it. A little housekeeping. If you were looking for us with another episode a couple of weeks ago, we have switched to once a month. So just keep that in mind. We're doing it once a month. Big milestone. We've celebrated the 100th episode of Funk Friday. I hope you caught that special on February 4th. We had so many guests on. I mean, Randy Brecker, Ricky Peterson, uh, uh, so many people that I can't even think of them right now, but it was incredible. While we were raising money for the Peterson Family Scholarship in Jazz Studies at the University of Minnesota, we had an online auction. In fact, I think it's still happening right now. So we'll make sure to give you links either on musicontherunpodcast.com, all of our social media, or on my social media, or the Peterson Family social media. We'd love to have you check that out if it's still happening. Um, but let's get right into it. This guy has been putting out records since he was 16 years old. And I'm going to make a big statement here because I know a lot of these guys. And this is, this, I'm going to drop a bomb here. I believe that this gentleman is the best guitarist on the planet right now. And I'm lucky enough to call him my friend. Please welcome Eric Gales. Eric, we're trying this again. <laughs> I forgot to press record. Uh, all honestly here, we did this intro once before and it was great. Uh, and I apologize for that, uh, not having the tech together on that one. But welcome, man. It's so good to see you. Thank you, bro. Uh, I am very honored and happy that your persistence stayed tried and true. <laughs> and you kept, you kept your eye on the prize. The race is not given to the swift but to the persistent and uh uh that is massive inspiration uh oh, from from for me to see from you which is something that you have been providing for me since i was since i was very very young um and i'm sure we'll get into this but yeah you know i don't know if your listeners know how far me and you go back but we'll get what? into that in, in a little bit but yeah i am so happy man to to you know and i and i am severely impressed with if you're not reading from a, a bullet points notepad there you went through the monologue of the repeat of doing this again verbatim <laughs> verbatim if that alone deserves a tony an emmy an oscar and a pulitzer <laughs> i'd like to dedicate this trophy to eric gill for 
Hey, man, I better learn something after 54 episodes, right? You ain't kidding, man. You better, you better, you better do something. You and I have known each other for a lot of years. And, and uh, I think I remember meeting you in Memphis because of Tom Tucker. Is that right? Yes. He went down there to House of Blues to be the studio manager, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He did. Great guy. But yeah, that I do recall that is probably where we met. I think mm. you and your brother yep. were down there working on a, um, uh, a Crosby, Stills, and Nash uh, uh, a tribute or remake record. Cover for a guy from Cover. Minneapolis. Yes. And you put a solo on that, that. Ricky and I just looked at each other and went, this dude is an dude. alien. He was beamed down to earth because no one should be able to play like that. Crazy part is I said the same thing about y'all. I said, man, these <laughs> white boys. I said, these white boys is in here, man. I said, these boys got a, a loop that's going on that's killing me, dog. I said to myself, God damn. Anyway. It was, it was awesome, bro. It was awesome. That, that was what mid nineties. Had to be, had to be. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Easy, easy. Mid nineties. Well, let mid, me tell. Yeah. You know what? The Peterson family considers you family. No matter how long it's been since we've seen you, you know we love you, man. And uh, we no, are man. so incredibly proud and stoked for you for the new record and and everything that's going on in your life man i could i look back at this you know social media and i go that's my little bro and i'm so happy for you man and your beautiful wife and everything that's going on so god bless you man that's that's awesome you've been a little busy since i've seen you tell me a little bit about the brand new record you're putting out the new record man it is an extension of what I've been doing. This is an, uh, basically an autobiographical record, man. Uh, uh, most of my records that I put out have been stories about my life, have been stories. I think that the only, I don't know no other way to write, but about stuff that you've personally been through. Right. And uh, this is an extension of that. And, you know, but I think this is more, uh, of some of the most deepest things that, you know, we, meaning, uh, you know, myself and everybody that collabed with writing for this record, you know, tapped into, you know, I told them, you know, my story, ba basically, Joe just turned his phone on and I just talked, you know, this record began the day after George Floyd died. And in you know, my, in just, my hometown, I'll have you know, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah man. I, I I just came in there and I just, you know, began to unleash, you know, what was on my mind. And he said, Eric, my phone is recording. Just keep talking. This is what this record is going to be about. Mm. Um, in parts, you know. And then um it 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 just came, it came to, you know, thinking about all that has been going had been going on through the pandemic and the racism and all of that and how things had mm -hmm. been been surfacing i mean it and notice i said that it had not existed it been it's been there it's mm -hmm. been there for quite some time and you know i just think thought about things that i have been through you know um and and, and these titles just begin to come and just seep out too close to the fire you know what i mean it's self-explanatory, you know. Yeah. Times, times where I've been pulled over by the cops and 
you know, it got a little close. What made me any different than who, what happened to George Floyd? You know, by addiction that I lived in for 30 something years, man, by my own hand, I don't blame nobody else. You know, I almost died five or six times by my own hand. And that was being too close to the fire. Right. Um, you know, it's it's all kinds of things. You know, it's, there's been a massive storm that's happening in this world, man. And, you know, it, it, it stemmed from, you know, one particular uh, during during the pandemic and some social media. And I began to be vocal about what uh, it's strange that uh, the public or fans or whatever, you know, even though we are entertainers and performers, and this and this and that they don't think that we have a voice as well and we don't feel they the the humanity part totally eludes them in their eyes of us as entertainers or artists or a guitar player or this and this and that but at the end of the day you take the guitar away i'm a man mm-hmm. and a black man at that right. so you know there are things that I am don't choose to be quiet about, and somebody had the nerve to tell me to just shut up and sing. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't cool when right. the lady said that to LeBron, and right. and and, and it, it 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 caused a big fiasco mm-hmm. in the world to where I said, man, if you don't give a damn about me as a man, then I could give a crap list on what you think about me as a guitar player it really don't matter and if i lose you then i'll gain another one so it 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 was you know things that happened you know personally to me that uh made up the bulk of the material for this record man and you know it was joe and josh man here goes you know a lot of what was being argued about back you know was the whole separation of black and white first of all what gives what nerves do anyone that feels that way have to think that how arrogant is it for you to feel like black and white are the only two races that's on this earth? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's first yeah. of all, to yeah. feel like the issue is about you. You know, second of all, you know, here is stuff. And, and for those hardcore uh people that dislike others for their color or skin color that, you know, don't understand how uh, uh, coexisting in the same space is possible. Look what happened when you got myself and a white guy together to make this record. How can you not see that it's very, very possible? How can you not see that it's possible with Take Me and You, for instance? We've been buddies for quite some time and have come up with some of the most beautiful stuff that anyone has ever seen. I'm going to kind of try to sum that up by saying, here is a way that that can easily stop if one can open their mind. Give me, let me give you a reason to hate me before you automatically hate me. You probably right. said that's going to probably be the most powerful thing that I can say. Let mm-hmm. me do something to make you hate me right. before you just don't like me because of what I am who I am or the color of what I am, you know, and, you know, you'd be missing out on a whole lot of blessings, man. And that street goes both ways. I'm talking to black, I'm talking to black folk too. It's some of the coolest white folk that I've had in my life that I have in my life. And there's some of the coolest black people that I have in my life. But if you have a wall built up before you even get a chance to know them, 
you're missing out on something that could be, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of things that you could be missing out on, and that street runs both ways. So it's it's things that I meticulously tried to get across in this record that I didn't want to come across as I was I was very, very adamant on not having them come across as I'm shouting at mm. people, I'm I'm preaching to them. It was just I wanted the audience to feel like I'm just having a conversation. And and if they feel like it's just a conversation, they're more inclined to listen. Because if you're shouting, if you're trying to preach, this and this and that, the blinders are already put up. So you can't penetrate that wall. But likely, if it's a conversation and it's music that they like, then they may, you know, that may be what what gets you past the welcome mat. You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> do you think, Eric, do you think that music is the great unifier, man? Do you think that? I absolutely I absolutely believe it. I I one hundred percent believe it. Music is music, music and laughter. Music and laughter are two of the best means of communication and medication. So, with that being said, I absolutely one hundred percent agree with with that being, you know, very, very, very much so. Well, you, I think, with this record, have an opportunity to unite a lot of folks. And you're right. I don't know about you, but growing up playing black music, mainly my entire life. I feel like I've had the blinders on to some of the racial issues that go on because musicians, in my opinion, have always been cool with each other. At least the ones always that I've been hanging been, out with. Always been cool, man. You're so, right. Always been cool. So you have an opportunity with where you're at in your profession now and the stature that you have to to kind of show that and, and give that to other people. It's a gift, man. If we can do what we've done our entire lives with each other in the music business, people can see that and go, wow, wait a minute. No, that that can actually happen. We would oh, yeah. be winning, wouldn't we? Man, dude, I'm talking about absolutely winning. No brainer, no if and but about it. Straight win. So let's let's wait Straight one. Win. I want to go back to the very beginning because this is something that you and I haven't even really talked about. And we both come from musical families. I want to know what it was like growing up in Memphis with that Gale's musical family. Man, I, I, I think it's, I, I, I'm sure you've been asked this question several times yourself because you was in that same category. And uh, why I want to no hear your version. It I want to see how similar it is. All I can tell you is, man, it wasn't a day that the house wasn't filled with music. You know, growing up, we grew up in the go- in the in the gospel, man. We all played, you know, and uh, you know, it was just insane. More like a better way to put it, it was insane. Just stupid uh, with the things that were being played. My brother was turning me on to, you know, Muddy Waters, Allen Wolf, Johnny Hooker. Mm-hmm. Lightning Hopkins, Albert King, B.B. King, Freddie King, uh, uh, Frank Marino, Mahogany Rush, Eric Johnson, Blue Cheer, Vanilla Fudge, Fog Hat, uh, Thin Lizzy, you know what I'm saying, Feel or Not, uh, Trower. I mean, <laughs> all of that, all of that was being, I was tapping into, mm-hmm. but at the same time, 
with me being 17 years younger than my oldest brother, I was also being very uh, moved by the music of my generation, such as R&B, hip hop, you know what I mean? And, 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 and soul and this and this and that, you know, so this was creating a massive pot of gumbo mm-hmm. that, that had the spices and recipes of everything, you yeah. know, gospel, jazz, Herb Ellis, West Montgomery, uh, uh, Emily Rimmerler, Chuck Andres, you know, I'm talking, I mean, Jerry Reed, Chad Atkins, you know, Danny Gatton, uh, Albert Lee, uh, Roy Clark, Wow. You throw all of that in the past. Stanley Clark, George Duke, yep. Jocko, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 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 John John um, McLaughlin, sure. you know, the Marvis New Orchestra, all of that stuff, man. You Mike Stern, everybody, yep. dude. I, as much as I've named all of these people, there's many, many more that I've left out. I don't know why I'm thinking about Shuggy Otis. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> bro, bro, yeah. bro. <laughs> Bro, I, I'm gonna take you back there if you let me now. I'm just saying. So I'm saying I'm just trying to, you know, it's a bunch that attributes to the the the, the musical genetic makeup of who I am. Yeah. And a lot of that stemmed from 1019 Rosewood in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That I had it coming from all angles, you know, uncles, cousins, grandmother, grandfather, like every uh, everywhere that it could be. It was insane. So if you look at the uh, mythology of what I was raised around, it was inevitable for me to have the multifaceted incorporation of as many different styles and genres and influences that I, I like to tap into at any given moment. Tell me about you. That's the best way I can explain that. Tell me about you, brother. My, my brothers was the truth, man. You know, uh, I, it would, I would, it would be no me without them. You know, I don't know no other way to put it, but you know, they were very significant. You know, Will and my mom, my dad, my uncles, everybody was very significant in the in the in the foundation that was made that houses this uh, conglomerate called Eric Gale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm very very thankful, very grateful for having a household with brothers that were there as a role model, as learning, uh, uh, learning uh, methods uh, for me to use, you know, and, and honing more and more and more on a career that I didn't even know that I was going to have. You know, I just was doing it because I liked music. You know, four years old, I just was doing it because I kind of dug it. You know, I started on drum at three years old. And, 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 and you know, and the rest was history. So just, uh, I'm very thankful for, for, for the home that I grew up in. Are you, Eric, are you the youngest? I am the youngest, yes. You and I have shared that in common. So... Yep. That's the trickle down theory yep. from the older brothers and the moms and the uncles. Right. We get all that right. information and in all those different Everything. genres. Like you said, it's right. the gumbo, isn't it? It's the gumbo for sure. Yeah. How do two brothers end up playing guitar? Is it what would you call that? It's left-handed and upside down. How does and that? Back- it's, yeah, how does that happen? 
man. I have no idea. But it just, I, you know, are you left-handed? Are you left-handed? No, I, I write right-handed. So I'm excuse my friends, but I'm fucked up. I mean, I'm just. Uh, I could have told but, you that. Uh, but 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 it works for me. You know, by the time that I heard that it was the quote-unquote wrong way, it was too late. I was yeah. already, you know, what I'm saying that I have, I was already in there. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, man, it just hey. That's how it was. That's how it was. So you're 16 years and old. It is. Yeah, and it still is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just take my guitar and just flip the strap around. Is it? Yeah. Is it? So you got signed to a major label when you, were six, when you were 16 years old. How does that affect mm-hmm. you mentally? Was that a good thing for you, Eric, personally? It was. We're going to take a little break from the interview right now because I want to tell you about a couple of really cool things. First of all, we're having so much fun with our weekly one-minute funk jams called Funk Friday. We've had so many world-class musicians on Funk Friday, including members of the Steve Miller Band, Fleetwood Mac, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Earth, Wind and Fire, just to name a few. You can check that out on all of our social media, but you can also see it on our YouTube channel. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our members who have supported us on Patreon. Don't know what Patreon is? Go to www.patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast and there you'll get all sorts of information on how you can financially help us produce this podcast there are all kinds of incentives listed there on the website and there are many different levels on how you can become involved we could not put on this podcast without our patrons all right let's get back to the interview mentally was that a good thing for you eric personally it was was man because I had nothing to worry about. I had my older brothers, you know, Hubert Crawford. I had them around, and uh, it's, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about nothing but just play, and and we'll we'll, we'll take care of the rest. And, and uh, they, I was kept informed on all the business meetings. I was there because my brother would always tell me. He said, "Man, I need you to be in these meetings because I'm not gonna always be around, mm. and I need you to know what's going on." You know what I'm saying? So you know, I learned, you know. Uh, about the music industry uh, as much as I was learning about playing music. So that I am uh, very, very, you know, appreciative of. It was the latter part, you know, it was latter part of life going through that uh, after the second record, man, I, I began to dive into some other things, man, that, you know, took my life down a venture of 30 some years of uh i want to talk to you about this torment you and i I want to talk about this because you know we shared that that same thing that that problem with addiction Uh, just celebrated 23 years of sobriety uh, saturday and uh, and that's a big deal man but uh that is part of your journey. It, it par- makes up who Eric Gales is today. It makes up what this record sounds like. All those experiences make up who you are today and the beautiful life that you have. Thank God, you know. Tell me about that 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 dark side that, and how did you get out, man? How did you finally get out? Man, it, 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 put it like 
this without resonating too much into the dark side. It was yep. dark, bro. It was, yep. was dark that that you know incorporated everything that you could think of: prison, guns, uh, you know, potentially OD in a couple times, man, and uh, everything else in between, man. And uh, I don't know how you know. I kind of got an idea. It was people that you know the prayers of people man that i didn't know that they that they were praying for me See? that i think sustained me in times that i was completely out of my mind that's the only thing i can think of because ain't no way possible i supposed to be even alive to be doing this interview with you right um, you know and uh you know i met my wife man in 2012 and and uh after four years of trying to do it and keep it hid from her on things that i was doing man she just said you know i don't know Eric. So I know about weed and I know about drinking, but you into something that I don't know what it is. And I can't continue to keep watching you kill yourself, man. It's, you know, I love you too much for that. And it hurts to watch you like losing weight in my face. Mm. And, you know, it's just, you know, so I said after the many times I had, dude, you saw that? I had said to myself many times, man, you know, and I have tried, you know, to go to rehab, but neither one of the times, I was willing, you know what I mean? I went to appease uh, other entities and other people and, you know, didn't go. I went in half cocked, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I said to myself, man, I'm going to try this out. I told my wife, I said, man, all I'm going to tell you is you just wait. And uh, I said, if I don't like this thing, I always got misery that's waiting on me like i can always go back to that you know go back to what i know which is uh miserableness uncomfortable i mean comfortable believe it or not if that can make sense comfortable miserableness mm. that i wow. had grown to get used to like and was very comfortable in it like i was okay knowing i was gonna die as high as i possibly could oh. I, I was all right with that and and uh to think about it man that's like, that's a terrible mindset. Like, take away, okay, just as a human being, but knowing that I possess a gift that the big man upstairs didn't give, he didn't pass that out to everybody. He, did you know what I mean? it, that, he didn't give it to everybody, man. And uh, all I can say is, you put that into the mix too, man. I'm just tarnishing this diamond that has been freely given to me yeah. And I mean, given to me bountifully, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not bragging. I'm just giving facts like, yo, right. man, for me to have started that early in life, it was already given to me. It was already working yeah. in, in my mom's and pop's womb before I came out. It had already been doing this thing. So let alone as a human being tarnishing my own life, but as a gifted human being, tarnishing that too, you know, basically just letting it diminish away. And I'm very thankful that, you know, I can still add, multiply, subtract. My organs and fingers still work. You know, I know plenty of folk that they they elevated don't go our way up top no more. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they're alive, but they ain't alive. You know what I'm saying? Right. So with all that being said, man, this is a massive, this is a massive, uh, a resurgence of, you know, I've done at least 300 interviews since no since November. And 
all of them, you know, the terminology of of of, of a phoenix rising from the ashes mm. is what is yeah. is, a, is a recurring topic. Well, it's it comes true. up, man, and uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I am, you know, just thankful that, uh, you know, I said, man, let me try this, man, and it took, and you know, January fifteenth was five and a half years. And, uh, you know, I'm, dude, I'm just, dude. I'm, Adam, that's what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Who would have thought that? Like, who would have thought I could have got five and a half minutes just to be, you know what I'm saying? It was, bro. I remember crazy. the days, man. You and I were on the road together and but with man. Pam Morrison. And I was in your band and you were in my band. And, and when we went our separate ways, you went to cop. And I went and I was newly sober. So I remember, and I'm like, man, dude, are we, I mean, we, we have stories together too. We got, we got a few, man. We got a few. <laughs> All I got to say, man, is how yeah, welcome crazy. to the other side. It's good to have you on this side of the yes, side and making music. Yes, I got to tell you, man, you sound better than you've ever sounded more confident. I hear all the different gumbo that you were blessed with growing up in that house, all sorts of stuff on this record from, you know, you know, I don't want to give it a, when you say a blues player, sometimes you get, you get tapped with that, that, um, right, that, right, that thing. Right. dude, you are so far beyond what that is. Cause you can play whatever you want from that gumbo that you were given as a kid. You can play jazz. You can play country. You can play funk. You're on my record. I mean, yeah, which is great. And we've done stuff with F Deluxe together. So we, you and I have, but to be able to see you, like I said earlier in this interview, to see you just skyrocketing sober and able to enjoy it and not self-destructing makes all of us just so happy and so proud, man. So way to go. I'm glad it was a long road to get there, man. But damn. You, it looks good on you. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> it looks. It, 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 I, I'm, I'm just trying to do my best. Oh, Peterson impression. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell me, uh, tell me about Joe Bonamassa. Mm-hmm. What do you want to know? Who is he to you, man? You were talking about a Joe earlier, and that's who he was talking about, everybody. He's one of my best friends, bro. We go back 30 years, man. We met 30 years ago. Uh, after we met, you know, Joe's career uh, skyrocketed, man. He took the bull by the horns mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, worked his way into a blues rock titan. And right. uh, we were basically sitting eye to eye at the table uh, right. when we first met, you know, and then mine went you know, the other way, I took the bull by the horns in the most negative way. And again, very thankful that I didn't die in the process, man. We rekindled mm -hmm. and I uh, asked him to uh, produce the record, man. And, and him and Josh Smith, you know, they've been doing pretty good as a team lately. So, you know, they, 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 uh, uh, they, they came in and uh, we, we, we went for it, man. You know, we went for it, but Joe and I have been, you know, Sometimes when you got somebody that's a friend and they're deep down in their abyss that far, you have to love them from afar and just pray and hope mm -hmm. that all, you know, goes well with them, you know. But when we reconnected, man, he said, you have no idea how long I've been waiting on you, man. You know, <laughs> you wanted to catch that 
I met back back when. And he said, I'm gonna do everything in my power to to help elevate you to where I can help get you to. And uh basically he said he said that and then he said, Man, my hope is for you to surpass me. You know, he said, dude, you 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 got something that uh that this like that this entire lifetime rarely see. And uh um, you know, and especially when I say rarely see as a gift, but also rarely see it as a reinvention, a second chance, so to mm-hmm. say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At at life and at your career. Yeah. You know, that's very, very, very rare, man. That's very rare. Are you having fun? Dude, I'm having the time of my life, man. <laughs> you know, I'm having the time of my life. Yeah, uh, I'm having the time of my life with six credit cards in my pocket of my own. See, see, <laughs> see? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just leave it at that. I got, I got, I got two old school classic cards. Do I'm you gonna leave it at that, dude? I'm just, man, I am doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. Well, like I see, said, this is the crazy part because when I said two classic old school cards. All I saw was the top of my wife's head looking over this way because she said to me, you know one of them belong to me. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a normal marriage to me. Yeah. Well, that LaDonna. I thought thought she was over there watching Janet Jackson's story. She's both (laughs) been over there on her iPad watching Janet Jackson, which you guys, you know, there, there is a circle in that. Uh, hold the connection, you know, the five degrees, six degrees, uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, uh, uh, Jelly Bean Johnson, Black Cat, you know, you you guys are so connected with all that. It is crazy that she's watching this, uh, Janet Jackson, because that uh, is a story that's on A&E right now about Janet Mm -hmm. Jackson's life. And, you know, I don't know if she even knows that, you know, there is a connection with just some serious Minnesota stank you know, on uh, uh, involved in, uh, you know, and the stove being on that provided the the the, the cooking sauce for you know such such a uh, <laughs> for such a esteemed artist. You know that Jana came and saw me when I did at First Avenue when I did my one and only gig with the family. She was there. Wow! Wow! That's then, crazy. Then, when I was uh, in California, A&M Records called me up and said, we want you to produce Janet. So I went in and met with them at A&M about producing Janet. And then they dropped the bombshell that said, we don't want you to produce Janet. We want you to leave Paisley Park label and come over here. So that that's my Janet connection. Uh, oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Tell me what's going on with this record. Are you going to do tour? What's what's happening? The video is killing, man. Yeah, I'm actually leaving tomorrow. We uh, the first run of dates happened last weekend. Okay, and uh, sold out show in my hometown in Memphis. Mm. Joe and 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 Mono Neon came in and guest appeared. It was insane, bro. It was insane, man. So we got quite the year lined up, man. And. I, uh, my motto is all gas, no brakes. Uh, you know, we're going to push, you know, and this record deserves, uh, heavy promotion, heavy pushing it. You know, we put a lot of hard work into it and, uh, you know, may just maybe right now I'm number two on the charts and that's behind Kelmo and strangely Ah. 
Love. Kev Mo co-wrote on my record. <laughs> so, Did he really? uh, it's a win-win for us. Yeah, it's a win-win for us both. But you know, I'm 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 foreseeing when we get the the numbers in for next week, I think I'm gonna be at number one, man. I hope that happens for you, man. <laughs> We've been you've been waiting a long time and 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 the Peterson family been waiting a long time to see that all come to fruition and that and again, we couldn't be happier for you and your family. And it's fun to watch. And we love you. And when you come to Minnesota, I expect you and I to play together now. Hey, it's a must. It's a must. It, we're going to do it. But I think I'm going to wait till it warm up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> do you know right now it's three below zero? Why do you think I've got a sweat? You think I'm down I'm in the basement with a heater to my left and a scarf on because I need it. Dude, I and, know, man. It's, bro, it wouldn't be Minnesota if it wouldn't go, man. It's true. Well, you know, what's your connection with Minnesota before I let you go? Hey, man, I was there, man. I lived there for two years, man. I, that's the first place I came when I left Memphis. I left Memphis because I knew too many of the wrong people, man. And just, you know, sometimes it ain't always the answer, but a geographical change, it, it, it works, you right. know, sometimes. You know, right. and, uh, you know, it was just, man, I, I, I got a warm bear hug from uh, the, the, the Minnesota family that I will always have near and dear to my heart. When my wife know that we got a tour and we run, we coming through Minnesota, she love it. She love it because, you know, we 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 have we just feel like this, we, we with family up there. You know, I told her, I said, babe, this is my family up here, man. Oh, yeah. And uh they took to her very, very well. And, you know, you got Jamario Dawson's, you got oh, Jenny yeah. Bean, you know, you got G Sharp, you Ken got Valdez Michael Bland, loves you, man. Bad oh, Valdez. Oh, I mean, I could just name for days, man. You know, we, I know. And, 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 and uh, we just love coming up that way. Not to mention, we love Hooks, too. Hooks is the bomb. Oh, yeah. Bruh. Bruh. I know. Bruh. I know. Man. <laughs> Lord, I miss them. But yeah, man, that, that that is that is the connection, man. That's 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 home. And um, you know, anytime I have opportunity to come, I lo I love to come. I look forward to seeing you, man. And you know, sky's the limit for you, brother. I'm so happy for you. And good luck getting that number one spot. And you know, I'll be watching back here, and I'll be bugging you. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, Eric. man. This is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was just gonna say make me look and sound pretty, man. <laughs> well, I don't I can't I'm not a miracle worker, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, we're gonna call it. This is episode 54 of Music on the Run with my brother Eric Gales. Best of luck to you, man. I love you. And we'll see you in a month. Music on the Run was hosted by yours truly, St. Paul Peterson. Edited and produced by my buddy, Davide Razo. Social media by Mary Beth Stevens. And a very special thanks to the people who financially support this podcast. And remember, it's time we all got our crown.